This Connect podcast series is brought to you by Talent Talks and Life Online. Welcome. I'm Karen Cole, Editor-in-Chief of Talent Talks and Life Online. Joining me now is Joni Petty from Resilient People to speak about her COVID experience. So welcome, Joni. Thank you, Karen. Great to have you here today. And and as this segment is, is focusing on is we're not really looking at the effects of having the illness or the, the potential physical effects of going through that, but more focusing on that kind of mental road to recovery. And I think that's something that you and I kind of spoke about previously and I suppose what prompted this podcast is really around you know it's it's quite a a lingering process recovering from COVID it's not just the the illness phase itself but also you know the impact after that and how you cope with that and today is very much about just asking you to share your experience of that and just starting with really our first question to you you know could you Briefly share your experience of the severity of your illness and how recently you have recovered. I went down after my 21-year-old got it. And the severity, Karen, was terrible body aches, excruciating headaches, inability to sleep. So I can speak a lot now authentically about corona, somnia. It was two, two weeks and two days in bed. And I'm an energizer bunny who's up at 4.30 normally, running 10 kilometers every morning. So two weeks and two days in bed was a long period of time. And that was two weeks ago. So I've been up now for two weeks, down for two weeks and up for two weeks. For you, you know, what did recovery mean for you? There's obviously the physical component, but has it been more than that for you? It has. It's, uh, I think COVID brain is a real thing. Just the inability to remember some things, the brain fog around that, and recovery has been slow. That first Monday that I was at my desk, I actually had to give a keynote talk. And I remember even talking slowly. I'm I'm normally quite energized and chat quite fast, and I've always got to tell myself to slow down in delivery. So recovery has meant getting back to work but having to really slow down and having to really self-manage because the headaches still come on and I um, am much more cognizant of my body and just listening to my body as opposed to packing my day and, you know, making sure that I use every half an hour segment of my day well. And now I have to really pace myself, Kieran. And what has that experience been like for you? So have you found it difficult to kind of slow down? That must be quite an impact on your your mental health or your mental load to have to, to really shift the way you work and engage in order to accommodate for that. It has. And I really initially, the, clearly the emotions of frustration and annoyance and even being quite angry. And I, I remember one terrible morning lashing out at my 21-year-old because she brought it into the house. And I really regret having that amygdala hijack. So yeah, the, the emotions are all have been of frustration, if I summarize that. But actually, I then took some time out to journal and just sit down and think, actually, there has to be a silver lining in this. So what is that silver lining? It's been really quite profound for me, because that mental anguish has turned into an asset where I've thought I've started to be far more creative. I was one of the fortunate ones who could read 
during COVID. A couple of my mates found they couldn't read. They just binge watched Netflix. But I read and I read some really superb books and all in my lane of, of resilience and well-being. And I read a fantastic book called Frazzled, which by Ruby Wax, which was really quite hilarious on cognitive mindfulness. So that gestation period of reading, then I thought, okay, now that I can't do anything fast and, and at you know, 100 miles an hour and multitask, is maybe I'll just sit down, do things slowly and monotask. And I've quite enjoyed that. And what has come with that, Kieran, it's actually a calm brain. I've been doing a lot of COVID affects your lungs and your heart, a lot of breathing exercises to in recovery. And I found actually a slower, calmer brain, I can be a little bit more innovative, I think. And I hope I'm not just telling myself this, but I, I have found myself to be a bit more innovative and a bit more creative. And it's actually that slowdown pace has been uh, quite enjoyable in some ways. I've earned a whole lot less because I've had to you know, say no to a whole lot of work. But it is going to be a period of um, percolating new ideas and new new products, I think, for what, what I can offer. And um, I, so it's had the mental well-being aspect has gone from anguish and frustration to calmness and percolation, if I had to summarize it. And Joni, so when I when I listen to you speak and, you know, kind of the way you you were very mindful, even when you were in the, the physical throes of the illness about, you know, putting the right kind of mindset in place, that must come from your years of resilience training. And, you know, I think you've drawn heavily from that. You You are the resilience guru, especially, you know, when it comes to the borders of South Africa. You are very well known for the work that you've done in resilience. Has that helped you? And what else have you relied on? Yeah, tremendously. So I remember lying in bed one, 2 a.m. Uh, in that period of two and a half weeks of being in bed, Karen, and thinking, actually, I can go now because uh, I've had enough. Like, I really felt that sore and that horrible. And then I lay there thinking about um, Martin Seligman's work. And I've got a lovely slide that I share with people, which is a river and then there are three bridges that cross the river. And Martin Seligman's work around the, is this permanent or is this temporary? How do you reframe that? And I lay there thinking, okay, let me just walk those three bridges at 2 a.m. because actually everything's darker and, and more, it's kind of magnified at that time of the morning. So my work, you're absolutely right, is that because I have a passion for emotional intelligence and I use so many of those competencies, one of them is, exercising optimism. So Martin Seligman's work around, it's a permanent, it's a temp, it's a pervasive, the whole of your life feels crushed and yet it did feel pervasive. Or is it isolated? And do you feel powerless or do you feel powerful? So a lot of those good provocative questions that he, I learned from him and that I put in visuals, the visuals came back to me quite quickly. And then exercising, you know, that optimistic mindset in terms of how do I reframe it um, it was really fortuitous that I had those little tools in what I call actually my imaginary resilience toolbox. And I always say to my daughters, actually, I always say, you know, I'm going to spend all the money that I earn and you're not going to be trust fund children. And what I will leave for you is an imaginary resilience toolbox. So if you can just populate that with the tools that I share with you and bring those to mind in the darkest hours of, of life, 
And actually, I really walked that and talk um, in the middle of the night. I really did. And I was very grateful that I have studied this stuff and I do teach the stuff. We probably teach what we most need to learn. And uh, that came back um, vividly for me in, in those darkest hours. So what other kind of coping mechanisms or what other impacts are you finding now, you know, during this recovery phase and, and how are you coping with those? What other mechanisms have you got to support you? So I found um, acupuncture has been hugely helpful. So I've been going for weekly acupuncture as a modality. It really has, um, you know, COVID also affects your liver and your kidneys. And um, so all the meridians, so weekly acupuncture, I also have a ozone bath mat, which I love. So I put Epsom salts and some lovely essential oils in the bath. I still have no smell or taste, um, but I put those in the bath and have ozone, uh, an ozone bath probably three times a week. And then I've also, the other coping mechanism has been getting back to a bit of exercise. And I'm really mindful about not overdoing it as my personality style is I'm inclined to overdo things and my tremendous mental grit can cast a huge shadow over many things so it's an asset and a, and a liability so getting back to exercise Karen as a coping mechanism for me I mean it's my serotonin booster but I've got to be very careful that I don't do too much and I've noticed if I I did a seven kilometer walk on Saturday and I got a headache during that walk. So my body was like, oh, this is too much. So I scaled that down to five Ks now. I've just been for a five K walk and just actually getting out in fresh air and it's freezing cold in Johannesburg this morning. It was like minus one around Zulek and being with three other mates walking. That's that's a coping mechanism. It's you socializing, motion shifts emotion. And actually guess what? Those three other walkers are all COVID recoverers. So we've shared our stories. We've been so real and vulnerable about, you know, what what that whole process has been like for us. And um, it's it's so interesting hearing people's stories around this. Yeah, and I think just coming through, you know, the tools of of having resilience, you know, that that being able to to reframe that mindset when you're in that, and then just being able to to work with the physical body, you know, give it the energy that it needs, but also how important that social support is. Last and million dollar question, being the the kind of person I, I know you to be this, you know, go-getter, overachiever, really wanting to, to take on the world at all times and at pace and having come down to a much more slower or focused pace, do you want to go back or are these kind of lessons that you're wanting to carry through in terms of, you know, slowing down, remaining more focused, et cetera? Uh, I definitely want to keep slowing down and remain, remaining more focused. And I'm finding that I'm talking about it to reinforce it. So with my 21-year-old, we're spending quite a lot of time comparing her COVID process and mine and the benefits and it's really interesting that uh, she's a reactive personality and so am I. And we used to, in you know, just the humdrum of life, uh, clash quite a lot, quick explosive ex episodes, which we could resolve very quickly. And we both said actually that through COVID, we haven't clashed at all. In fact, there's been this real closeness and this sharing and, and this learning of, hey, how do we slow down? How do we be more responsive? 
And how do we be more intentional around the words that we use? I mean, I've got a, a phrase that I love to live by, but I don't always live by, and especially pre-COVID, is change your words to change your world. So those kind words, those being more intentional, the slowing down, less is more. And it's been lovely having someone in my home that wants to talk about this stuff. My husband has also had COVID. He's had COVID pneumonia. He is still really battling and doesn't want really to talk about the silver lining. But my 21-year-old and I are really having deep conversations about this. And uh, I think I'm verbalizing it, Kieran, so that I do stay this way and don't revert back. I mean, 60 to 70% of what we all do on a daily basis is just automatic habits. We, you know, our brains are automatic machines. So you've got to be quite intentional about if you go through a shift, keeping that shift as opposed to reverting back. It's so easy to revert back. Fantastic. Joni, thank you so much. I've really appreciated you coming on and really sharing your experience and your wisdom with us. I think there's a, a lot that's been learned through this process. So thank you so much. Pleasure, Karen. It's been lovely.